Hey, listen to Commander Who Cult Podcast, episode 92. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan and we're going to continue the arc of the Mono Problematic with the Mono Brown Garbage Dump Deck. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? A whole ton is going down. We're reaching the end of our super long odyssey through the Mono Problematic Commanders and Colors of Commander. And we're into the, I don't know if you'd call it a color, because it's colorless. Some people call it brown. I'm very excited about that. You called it a garbage dump. Well, that's because lots of the things have garbage in the picture. Uh, and I know oh, that, yeah, that that actually helps my self-confidence. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, an, we're an audio podcast. You'll have to look at some of the art yourself, but there's lots of garbage. Some of the names even reference garbage. Actually, they do, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I feel better about that. Yeah. And you were um, telling me one of the combos in the list, not infinite, because that's not what we're doing in this arc, where lots of things go to the graveyard, or bin, as in garbage bin, it makes sense. Oh, next leveled me, I didn't even know. Gotcha. You had mentioned looking at pictures. We are actually going to go do some YouTube video production after this. Yes. Ooh, I'm actually excited because we've got some good plans. Super secret surprise. I think we're going to air a video a little bit early just so it's nice and fresh in everybody's mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of garbage, it's <laughs> nice and fresh. <laughs> garbage and brown. Fresh. <sighs> Last week was fist. This week is poop, man. That's just how it is. <laughs> we have gone so far downhill. <laughs> What have we, what do we got on the docket today? So we got mono brown. It's arc of mono problematic. We've done the mono colors. We've done all Wooberg colors. Now we're on to artifact. And in arc of mono problematic fashion, we're taking a stance on I guess what artifacts do or don't do or what they can do or can't do. And we're we're gonna try and demonstrate some of these artifacts how they can fill the gaps in whatever color we've already discussed, right? Yeah, as opposed to looking at... Because let's face it, we've talked about it on every episode of the arc so far. Artifacts can kind of do everything. If you want to fill holes in your deck, you use artifacts. That's kind of how it is. So if you're building a deck out of artifacts, obviously your deck can do everything. So what we've done is instead of build a deck that does everything and then shows you how awesome it is to be able to do everything... We've built a deck filled with stuff that you could use to do other things in other decks where these other decks would not normally be able to do things like that. And as a result of that, the deck can still kind of do everything, which is great. But if we just left it at that, then you'd get a pretty kind of boring list or you'd get that. You know when you sit down at, at an event somewhere and somebody puts down their, their Kozilek or their Karn and it's like, oh great, I know what this deck does. It's going to jam every rock, it's going to jam Metal Worker, and it's just going to be dirtly and it's going to be like grinding station, blasting station, salvaging station combo with um, Clock of Omens and just untappity tap tap dirtily, you know? Yeah, and everybody hates that. That's what we tried to avoid because we wanted to very much demonstrate, you know, this card could go in your red deck because it, you know, it acts as another copy of, of Wheel of Fortune, for example, right? Or if you're not playing blue and you want to windfall your hand, you can do it with this card, right? So we're, and we're going to use that versatility to take what is kind of a, just a cash EDH deck, but give it some spice. Yeah, good teasers. 
Before we get to it, though, before we before we do any more with the deck, we've got some social media coordinates, and we've got a couple actually new giveaway announcements. Yeah, we do. That's kind of fun. So, social media coordinates. We are CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this week's list, last week's list, next week's list, and any other list that we've done throughout the course of the show. Also, commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions, no nudes. Well, it is Christmas. Yes, Christmas <laughs> nudes. We are also Commander Cookout on the iTunes, the Google Play, the Google Machine, Podomatic, where we maintain our stranglehold on the number one games and hobbies spot. Facebook, Patreon, our brand new-ish YouTube page. You can also find us on edhrec.com and Flipside Gaming, where you can use promo code CCOFU to get 10% off your entire order. And mtgonslaught.com, where you can use that same promo code CCOFU to get 15% off your entire order store-wide and get stuff to pimp your game outside the game. And if you missed any or all of that, go to our official, official home on the entire internet, commandercookout.com. Ooh, nice, authoritative dot com. Yeah, I'm wor- I'm, I've been working on a new way of saying it because I've been banned from singing it. So now I got to find a fun way to say it. How about just dot com? I guess that works. It sticks in people's head. It's like I'm the boss. Go there. Sure. You sound kind of like a '90s cop in a cartoon. Ooh, I love cartoons. You mentioned YouTube. I did. We've got YouTube giveaway. We do. New subscribers and commenters on any of our videos are entered into a alter giveaway or a, a, a altered art giveaway, I should say. That's but yeah, We're not giving away an altar. We're giving away altered <laughs> yeah, art. Yeah, we stole cards. it from the church. <laughs> no, no, no. Altered magic card. <laughs> <laughs> they might be altars. We don't know. Like, might be an altered altar. We don't know. Ah, yeah. That'd we be actually cool. do know, but for the sake of the conversation, we don't know. I'd like to get some of those new Phyrexian altars and alter those altars. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying, (laughs) any comments on our videos, any new subscribers, they'll get you entered in for a free altar. Any new patrons, you mentioned our Patreon um, page, patreon.com slash CCO podcast. That's the one. You can go there. If you're a new patron, um, I guess before December ends. We're getting close to it. Eh? We're, we're getting there, yeah. We are getting close to Santa's birthday. Is it his birthday? It's yeah. somebody's birthday. I'm sure it's Santa's birthday. Yeah, Santa was born on December 25th. <laughs> That's how that works. Um, anyways, new patrons will be awarded a free Christmas-themed altar. They're lots of fun. They're just kind of cute, and you can get them. They're cool. And all of our existing patrons, big thank you to all of you. You will be entered into a premium altar giveaway, we're calling it. And let me tell you, I've started the 2019 Space Odyssey series. Ooh. Huge space pieces. Max Crandell's actually getting one. Max Crandell? He's getting the first one. Do you have a star constellation that says F.U. Max Crandell that in the back? That would be so sick. You know what else is... You know, here's... <laughs> Our Facebook page, you know how we do the altar auctions? Yeah. It's kind of turned into a, not a Max Crandell troll fest, but whenever <laughs> anybody sees him bid, they all swoop in and are like, here's my turn to bid, F you, Max. And then they outbid him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Max, we've kind of, we've messed you up a little bit. <laughs> it's excellent. So anyways, patrons, thank you very much. You have made our extra content and the website that we've uh, got going possible. 
And um, like I was saying, we've got some special YouTube videos in the works. Yes. I'll, just quick question. Mm. Can people also get entered into that giveaway if they smash the like button? Wow. Uh, yes. We actually had a video sent to us of a guy videoing himself smashing the like button. That is awesome. Yeah. He like was watching it on his uh, on his PlayStation or something. And he like moused onto where the the like button was, and then he smashed his controller with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying break your stuff, but if you like to smash things, well, maybe the like button is for you. <laughs> yeah. And we appreciate all the creativity, so keep that coming, man. That's super fun. So in addition to all the cards that we're going to be giving away for that, we've actually had an additional one added by one of our patrons. Yeah, you'll remember this guy. This is the guy with the nickname that CCO Nation gave to him. Yeah. For being so generous. He won a he won a giveaway a few arcs ago, sometime last year. And he said, donate them back to somebody else, somebody who needs them more than I do. And it was greatly appreciated by the the person that ended up winning and and us for having more stuff to give away. Listen, he did it again. What a cool guy. Mark. Here's the nickname, Saskatchewan River Sliver Giver Niles. <laughs> Mark Niles won an auction on our Facebook page, a Altered Art Zergo Helm Smasher. And I went to um, process it for him and ship him out, and he messaged me and said, you know what, keep it, give it to somebody else, make somebody's Christmas better. So that is getting entered in if you are a new YouTube subscriber or commenter, commenter on our videos. Boom, another giveaway. Yeah. So, and also, it's kind of fun because that one we know we're giving away. So, if you head to, uh, if you go to our Facebook and or Twitter pages, there's a picture of it, so you can see some of the stuff that we're actually trying to give away. Yeah. Merry fist miss. Merry helm smash miss. They get it. I yeah. I couldn't <laughs> couldn't force it in fists and forcing. No, we're not going there. So we've talked about that giveaway. Now we're going to go through the next one because there's our official ARC giveaway, the card of the week giveaway. We're giving away a foil of each of the cards of the week throughout the course of this ARC. So far there's five cards. There's a Cathar's Crusade, a Cyclonic Rift, a Necropotence, a Lightning Bolt, and a Crosion Grip. So if you like or want any of those cards in foil, you could win all of them by using the same means as entering the previously mentioned contest. Yeah, a new subscribe on our YouTube channel or a comment on any of our videos will get you entered to that. That's actually getting to be a long list. I'm surprised that you remember all of that. <laughs> and I like the one that we're, we've picked today. Yes, I also like the one that we've picked today. Also, a smash of the like button will get you entered in there. I just like saying that. <laughs> I, and I think you consciously avoid saying it so that I can say it, even though I know you don't like how much I like to say it. Ah, uh, smash the like button. There. See, it's I, fun. I said it. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> okay, final thing before we move on to the deck. We've got patron shoutouts. Holy. We'll do them quick, not to downplay our thanks, but to move through them because we actually pre-prepared again. Yes, we did. Matthew Birdie. I don't think that we had like a name for, I shouldn't have said we pre-prepared. Damn it. <laughs> No, when you first told me that Matthew Birdie had, had patroned us, and thank you, Matt, and F you for listening, I immediately thought of M Bird 20 
who is this terrible backyard wrestler from back in my backyard wrestling days. He was the worst, and he used his, like, MSN messenger handle as his wrestler name. And I was like... <laughs> and I had all all kinds of horrible things I could say about this guy, but then I realized his name was MDog20. And uh, not... Not the same Matt thing. Matt Bird 20? No. So we can still call him Matt Bird 20. Matt Bird MSN 20. Yeah. Or something. It was a roundabout route, but we got there. We got there. Mm-hmm. Next shout out. Jake McAllister. Sounds very much like Kevin McAllister from and Home Alone. If you don't know who that is, I'll imitate him real quick here. Just go. Ah! That was Kevin putting on the aftershave and it burning him after shaving. I don't actually know what that feels like because I am physically incapable of growing facial hair. Yeah, we suck at that. We're the worst. We're the worst Canadians. Yeah, I, I, I do know I do Movember every year and nobody notices. <laughs> Terrible. Excellent. Next shout out. Joe. Ah, uh, sorry. Sausen? Sausen? Ryan. <laughs> what? That's just Susan. Joe Susan. Joe Susan. I actually <laughs> like that better. Way to have two first names, Joe Susan. Joe Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Last shout out. Derek Ruther. Ruther. Kind of sounds like. Brother. Yeah, brother. But you got to say it like that. Derek, brother, 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 brother. Yeah. There was some serious flexing. I'm really tired now. I think I need a nap. Derek, brother. Brother. It has to be said like that, though, or it doesn't count. Yes. I want him to interact with us in the future so we can just be talking normally and then throw it a Derek, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, we appreciate all the support. It's uh, it, it helps us grow our channel and grow all the things that we're trying to do here and entertain you guys, which is the most important thing, and we, we really appreciate all of the support. So thank you very much, and uh, F everybody for listening. Yes. I, you know what? Here's the thing. I hope that our a little bit longer intros of late are entertaining because they are very much just off the cuff <laughs> and very... Um, not scripted. <laughs> and um, I'm, I was going to say we're really trying to force the don't Google that jokes. But then I thought maybe we shouldn't Google that. Yeah, I don't think we do. I think they just sort of <gasps> happen. We had somebody Google something I told them not to Google. Oh, what, they, sent, they sent us the result, didn't they? They did. What was it? It was not anything bad, but I'm convinced that his safe search was on. What a wussy. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Um, beautiful, frothy head. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Turned out it was beer. But again, I think the safe search was on. Yeah, that definitely could have turned out very poorly. Kids? Should we do a deck? Sure, why not? Actually, speaking of not Googling that, here's just a fun thing. Somebody shared a gif with me of one of my favorite wrestlers in the whole world, Kyrie Sane, Kyrie Hojo if you're a tryhard, on Twitter. And she was like dressed like a, like in this slinky biker leather outfit, and I was like, "What is this?" So I like Googled it, and she was part of the Black Lotus Triad before she came to uh, the Big E. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's pretty cool. She was teamed with my one of my other favorite wrestlers, Io Shirai. It was very exciting for me. And Black Lotus is a magic reference, so I figured I could tell it on the show and get away with it. And probably an organized street gang that rides on. Street bikes with katanas and machine guns. Yeah. 
Like the only good scene in uh, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, which is when the guy was in his car and the triad showed up to try to kill him. In my head, I just turned the movie off and said, yeah, he's dead now. I don't need to finish watching this shitty movie. I hate that movie. <laughs> I hate it. Anyway, let's do the deck. Okay, so the deck for today, our mono brown dump, if you will, helmed by Traxo, Scourge of Krug. <laughs> Krug is dumping on you. <laughs> Actually, if you look at the picture, it kind of looks like he's farting. There's a bunch of steam coming out of his butt. He's probably a steam engine, and that's leaking out of the joints because they didn't have very good um, rubber seals and such back in the day in Dominaria. <laughs> anyway, Traxo Scourge of Krug is a 7-7 construct for four. Sweet. Holy hell. And he's got trample. It's even better. And he enters the battlefield tapped and doesn't untap during your untap step. Oh, Sounds terrible. Okay, but there's another paragraph. Whenever you cast a historic spell, you untap him. And historic spells, as we all know, are legendaries and sagas. And artifacts. Right. Because every artifact is historic. You should uh, see my face right now. Yeah, he's given the look. I'm unimpressed. But that's what he does. He's a cool card. I dig it. So he he's tapped. You untap him by casting an artifact. And you beat wholesale ass. I think that is like level one of Traxos. I had a Traxos deck that aimed to just try and go Voltron with a whole bunch of low casting cost stuff and equipment and stuff to untap them. And that's fun. It's cool, but it's very linear and it's very disruptible. And one of the things that we're going to talk about later on in the show is the big weakness of the artifact. This deck would certainly fall prey to that yes now i guess keep in the back of your mind you can always beat wholesale ass with a seven seven trampler yeah, it is a three turn clock and it has happened a non-zero amount of times that i can recall that you know early-ish game you hit somebody for seven and then mid game you hit them for seven and then late game it's like um ooh, somebody left themselves open it's like oh traxos die right like it just happens incidentally and he's a seven seven on turn two in this deck he could be a seven seven on turn two all right we usually start with creatures now we're going to do things a little bit differently this week where i will read what the card does and ryan will tell us what it replaces and why it's in here and the other thing that we're going to try and do when we can is group similar effects together like if there's three or four cards that do kind of the same thing we're going to Read one of them, say they all do the same thing, tell you why they're there. That's an artifact strength, is there's lots and lots of redundancy in artifacts. Yes. All right, let's start off with not an artifact, but a brown card nonetheless, Artisan of Kozilek. 10-9 for 9, when it comes into play, return a creature card from your graveyard to play, and it has Annihilator 2. And we're going to lump them together with Junk Diver, Mirror Retriever, and Workshop Assistant. So all of those are, let's call them graveyard getter backers. Let's do that. Or in Artisan of Kozilek's case, a uh, reanimate spell, really. It brings it back to the battlefield. For nine, it better. Yeah, that's primarily a black and green thing, right? Black can get creatures back to hand or to play, and green can get things back from graveyard to hand. Now, these only get creatures or artifacts, like in Junk Diver's case, it can only get an artifact, but they are going to provide you with that ability if you're not playing green or black. So that's what we mean by we're going to try and tell you where these fit and or what color they could represent in your deck. All right, moving on, we got Colossus of Akros. 
Yeah. He's a 10-10 for 8 indestructible defender with monstrosity 10 for 10. That means if you make him monstrous by tapping 10, he gets 10 plus 1 plus 1 counters and is now monstrous. He also has, as long as Colossus of Akros is monstrous, it has trample and can attack. So pay 18, get a 20-20 trampling indestructible. It's like average. Eat your heart out green is what I call that. <laughs> Mossbridge Troll is a 25-25 for 7. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> that is that is an exception. But you can see the first two creatures, they could fit into black, they could fit into green. They're big-ass beaters, annihilators, tramplers, and the Colossus of Akros, uh, 18 mana you got to sink into it, can be over two turns, and we do have a ton of artifact ramp. And just by the by... Ramp, rocks, mana dorks, whatever you want to call it. There's 19 of them in this deck. So when we hit one, we're going to say, that's one of the 19 ramp spells. Welcome to Brown Town. I've been waiting the whole episode to say that. <laughs> Excellent. And we're not talking about Cleveland either. <laughs> Why did we talk about Cleveland? The Browns? Nothing? No? No, man. They used to be my favorite football team. Yeah, now you like another terrible football team in the Lions. I've watched one game this year, and they won. And it was against the Patriots. Suck it, Tom Brady. Ooh, I found it sounded like a real football fan there, didn't I? Yeah, that was awesome. Yes. Okay, next up, we have Copper Gnomes. It's a 1-1 one, one for 2. Tap 4, sack it, put an artifact card in your hand, into play. That's like another green ability, like an Elvish Piper. Boom, straight into play. We have Joyra's Familiar, 2-2 two, two Flyer for 4. Historic spells you cast cost 1 less. Yeah, that just is functionally kind of one of those mana rocks, right? It's going to make everything you cast in this deck cost less, except for that Artisan of Kozilek. If it's a legendary artifact, does it cost two less? It does not. Okay, good to know. Now here's a card that we might need to talk a little bit more about in Kaldotha Forge Master. It's oh, a th baby. 3-5 five for 5 with tap, sack, 3 artifacts, search your library for an artifact, and put it into play. Get this. Remember we talked about Junk Diver, Mirror Retriever, and workshop assistant we did if you sacrifice those three you can just get them all back oh my yeah so you tap your kaldotha forge master sack your three junk divers let's call them get them all back search for a shimmer mirror play the shimmer mirror shimmer mirror gives all your stuff hate flash yep so you can cast them on anybody's turn play them all again sack them all to your kaldotha forge master the following turn search for an unwinding clock now i know i ragged on that card earlier but it does help us with this Synergy. Unwinding Clock is an artifact that lets all of your artifacts untap during each player's turn. That's like Seedborn Muse. Yeah. So if you need the big artifact mana every turn and you're not playing green, Unwinding Clock. There you go. I think it was in C18. Anyways, it's going to untap your Kaldotha Forge Master and all your artifact mana so you can sacrifice your three dudes to get them all back to search for something every turn. Dang. Yeah, you could search for like a Spine of Ishzaw. So now you're doing blue stuff and you're doing dirtbag shit stuff. Yeah, and blue searches for artifacts a la hmm. Trophy Mage is a three drop. There we go. And also Fabricate searches yes. for any artifact. I used to use that to find a spell book. Yeah, and that Kaldotha Forgemaster package with Unwinding Clock and Shimmer Mirror is like five cards and it's like 12 bucks. Way better than a Demonic Tutor. Or an Imperial Seal. Oh. Or a Grim Tutor or a Cruel Tutor or whatever Tutor in black nickname it, right? Except for Diabolic, a, diabolic tutor. tutor. But, I mean, yeah, put that alongside your Diabolic Tutor. Sweet. Uh, let's continue on. We have a Lodestone Golem, which is a 5-3 for 4 non-artifact spells cost one more. That's just a good 
controlly stacks card that's like a tax card that goes along your uh, alongside your grand arbiter augustine the fourth in your white blue decks yeah, but if you right. want that effect boom play it in your artifact deck all right next up we got mannequin that's a mana dork taps for colorless metalwork colossus is a 10 10 for 11 costs x less where x is the converted mana cost of non-creature artifacts you control and you can sack two artifacts to return it from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah, sack two artifacts, and you just get them back. Remember, you got, f- like, four graveyard getter backers so far. You could Ooh. sack two of the graveyard getter backers to get them backered and get your Metalwork Colossus backered as well. And he's a beater, right? He probably comes out, like, on turn four or five, and you're probably paying four or five mana for him. Dig it. Yeah. All right, next up, we got Meteor Golem, a 3-3 three, three for seven. Ah. When he enters the battlefield, destroy target non-land permanent and opponent controls. There's a couple destroy target permanents in here that routinely find them in like find themselves in Big Daddy Black with that big black mana package with Cabal Coffers and stuff. So if you need to destroy stuff in black and you don't want to pay a whole bunch of money for Gate to Phyrexia or something, um, Meteor Golem is good. I don't like that art very much. It looks it's a little bit too tryhardy anime to me. He's in a very anime position and he's like on fire and he's like streaking across the fire and screw it let's just move on to milliken that's a mana dork that you mill yourself to get a mana and tap him and you got graveyard getter backers you get him all right next up we got cco staple mirror battle sphere the old four seven for seven when it comes into play you get four colorless mirror artifact creatures and whenever it attacks you can tap any number of untapped mirrors deal damage to the attacking creature the defending player and mirror battle sphere gets bigger he is crazy nuts yeah again eat your heart out green and super good with your mimic vat all right next up we got pilgrim's eye a flying one one for three when it comes into play you search your library for a basic land reveal it put it into your hand Ooh, uh wood elves or farhaven elf doesn't put it into play but you're doing the same thing that wood elf does kind of you're getting a wastes with it and you're getting a body attached to a ramp spell and if you're getting it uh, using it as an analog to wood elves wood elves only gets a forest and this costs the same and your shitty blocker has flying Ooh, yeah so flying is good pilgrim's eyes a good one all right another cco staple in plague mirror the one one for two with infect that taps for mana we're just tapping them for mana we don't care so much about the infect we just need to make lots of mana okay ryan really really likes this one and so do i it's a scarecrow which is a one two scarecrow for three with one sack a scarecrow draw a card or four tap return target artifact creature from your graveyard to play yeah how about you milled your whatever mere battle sphere with your milliken you pay four to get it back with your Scarecrow. Nice. Yeah. Or, I mean, we're not playing it. In the corner case, if you want to invest a lot more money, if you mill your Blight Steel with your Milliken, you can get it back. Yeah, before it's shuffle back in trigger resolves. Very cool. Yep. All right, we already mentioned Shimmer Mirror, so we're going to move right on to Soul of New Phyrexia. It's a 6-6 six, six for 6 with Trample and 5. Permanents you control get indestructible until end of turn. That's pretty good. Or five exile soul of new phyrexia from your graveyard permanence you control gain indestructible until end of turn yeah i like this one it's a very it's like a less good but also for less mana avison yeah i mean you and, got and he's wearing my favorite elish norn hat holy crap he is <laughs> i thought he was just 
ducking to come out of a tunnel or something, but that's Ellis Norton's hat. How did he get Ellis Norton's hat? Maybe they dated in college, and when they broke up, he kept her hat. I don't know. Ooh, dating a Cenobite, man. That would be that would be an exciting time, I think, if you're into that kind if of thing. If you're into, like, vacuum beds and zippers and latex and masks. and One of the Cenobites in Hellraiser was called CD Face. You can Google that one, actually. That That's pretty funny. While you're doing that... You can listen to us talk about Steel Hellkite, the flying 5-5 five, five for 6 with fire bre- artifact breathing, I think is what we call it, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Plus 1, plus 0 oh for 2 generic mana as opposed to plus 1, plus 0 oh for 1 red or whatever. He also has X, destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost X, whose controller was dealt damage by Steel Hellkite this turn. Yeah, so you hit them, pay 0, kill all their tokens, or... Pay 2, waste all their elves or merfolk... Pay four, destroy everything Jesse plays. Or just whatever you want to kill, pay that amount of mana and kill that thing. Yeah. That gets it, right? It's very good. You can put that in any deck that lacks that kind of spot removal. And while he's kind of corner case and you got to work for it, it's worth it sometimes. Yeah, I guess that's another way that artifacts can kill creatures, right? They're doing what black is doing without having to pay or play black. Sometimes you just got to kill that blood moon. Yeah, and you know what? He's a dragon. He fits right into Dragon Tribal. And if your Dragon Tribal is mono red, because lots of people play red dragon decks, like your girlfriend's deck is your uh, is mono white angels. Yeah. Dragon deck is your guy that used to play D&D all the time that has like a huge neck beard. Yeah, yeah dragons are the best. Steel Hellkite goes right into his deck too. Nice. All right, personal favorite of mine, we have Walking Atlas. He's a 1-1 one, one for two with tap. Put a land from your hand into play. He's a mana dork. He's That's, a two-mana mana dork. <laughs> and it's not tapped. And yeah. it's not at sorcery speed. Yeah. Can you imagine if you put in, like, your Urza's tower and it was the third piece of your Urzatron? Just, boom, now I have seven mana. Nice. Sweet. We're going to do instants and sorceries. It's going to be really fast. This is going to be great. Instant. Scour from existence. Seven. Exile target permanent. Big Daddy Black plays it, but we're playing it because we make just as much mana in this list. Sorceries. There's one of them. All is dust. Seven mana. Each player sacks all colored permanents. That's a sweeper, and it goes alongside two other sweepers in the list. Uh, I guess that's what white or black does. So if you're not playing white or black and you need sweepers, maybe all is dust or our other two sweepers are for you. Yes. Now, there's no enchantments that are artifacts. There are some colorless ones, I think. There's some colored ones. There's only colored enchantments? There's no colorless enchantments? Oh, I thought you were talking about colored artifacts. Oh, no, there's definitely colored artifacts. Are there there any colorless enchantments? Not that have devoid, actual colorless ones. I can't think any off the top of my head. Then there probably aren't any good ones. So let's do some artifacts. Yeah, and again, we're going to lump similar ones into categories for mostly time-saving purposes, but also to give you a very good summary of what that effect is for. Okay, we are in Brown Town, and what lives in Brown Town? Artifacts, books, right. b- things. Let's talk about some some artifacts. Let's start with Book of Rass. That is the book I was looking at. It is an artifact for six, <laughs> and you pay two mana and two life, and you get to draw a card. That is colorless greed, and greed, as we know, is shitty necropotence. Yeah. So if you like Necropotence, maybe you'll like Book of Rass. 
And if you're playing that big-ass mono-white life gain deck, uh, like a Soul Sisters type deck, put your Booker Ass in, boom, draw lots of cards. Dig it. All right, how about Claws of Gix? It's a zero mana cost artifact with one sack of permanent gain of life. Yeah, sometimes you just got to sack stuff, right? Sometimes you just got to get stuff like your Spine of Ishza into your graveyard to get it back into your hand when you have your Shimmer Mirror to cast it every turn. Dig that. And you gain a life every turn. And it's a cool combat trick for that one guy at the table that likes to play Worm Coil Engine where you can block your thing and then sack it and you gain a life when he doesn't get shit. <laughs> for one turn. Or, or every turn. Every turn you, you yeah. have a creature to block with. Sweet. All right, how about Clock of Omens? It is an artifact for four where you tap two untapped artifacts to untap another artifact. Sometimes you just got to untap that Kaldatha Forge Master or you got to untap that um, Thran Dynamo to get three mana again after somebody wraths or like casts a sweeper to activate your cold storage again. And cold storage, good segue, is an artifact with awesome art on it that costs four and it says, three, put a creature you control on cold storage. That means, that's an old way of saying you remove it from the game. It's essentially imprinted on the card. Yeah, you exile it, but it's it's gone is the, is the point. Yeah. And it also says, sacrifice cold storage, put all creature cards on it into play. Yeah, nice wrath, bro. I'll just tap out and save all my dudes. And then after your wrath resolves, boom, put them all back into play. Dig it. Yeah, I like that one, eh? And I like that that one doesn't cost you anything to sack, so if somebody tries to remove it, you just get rid of it and get all your dudes back in response. What's, what's the split-second shatter? Or, like, cross and grip, but there's a red one. Sudden shock? Uh, isn't there a destroy target artifact with split-second? It's cross and grip, whatever. All right, how about this one? I like this one because it's from Masks. Credit Voucher is an artifact for two and says, two, tap, sack it, shuffle any number of cards from your hand into your library, then draw that many cards. Dude, that is, there's a card called Telerian Winds, and it does exactly that. Discard your hand, or shuffle and draw that many. Or if you have seven, you just wheel a fortune. Or if you have three land, and you don't need any more land, because you've got ten mana rocks, you just shuffle those land away and draw something better. That goes good in lots of decks. Yeah, credit voucher. Masked, bringing home the bacon. This next card doesn't probably bring home bacon, but you might wear it while you're bringing home bacon. Crown of Doom is an artifact for three. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, it gets plus two plus O until end of turn? Wait, there's more. Also, it says two target player other than Crown of Doom's owner gains control of it. Activate this ability only during your turn. So way back in the Mono White episode of Mono Problematic, we talked about getting other players to do the work for you. Maybe we just give them a crown of doom and then they don't attack us. Yeah. Give somebody else, incentivize people to attack someone. It's like a curse of opulence. Yeah, that would work too. This is like the colorless curse of opulence. And curse of opulence is dope. I just traded for one from you. Okay, we got a crucible of worlds. Very cool card. Three mana. You may play land cards from your graveyard. Yeah, we've got a ton of utility lands in here, and we've got artifact lands. Remember, like our Kaldotha Forge Master or our Claws of Gix want us to sacrifice artifacts? We can sacrifice artifact lands and then bring them back with Crucible of Worlds. Cool. We can also, um, that Metalwork Colossus, we can sacrifice artifact lands to that to bring it back to our hand and then Crucible them back as well. It's a Graveyard Getter Backer. 
dig that for land. Okay, we're going to group a bunch more here together. We're going to group together Soldevi dig, Digger, there we go, Scroll Rack, Dark Steel Pendant, and Crystal Ball all together because they all sort of do the same thing. I'm going to read Crystal Ball. Artifact for three, one tap, scry two. Yeah, and um, Dark Steel Pendant is like the same thing except you scry one for tapping and paying one. Scroll Rack is one tap. You can take cards from your hand, draw that many, put the hand cards you chose back on top. They're hand sculpting and deck sculpting cards. Yeah, and you know what? Read um, Soldevi Digger. Soldevi Digger costs two and four two. You can put the top card of your graveyard on the bottom of your library. Uh, oh, that doesn't actually hand sculpt. Nope. Dang. Those other three do. <laughs> You're not playing blue. You want to scry. You want to switch. You want to look. Boom. You know what? Sensei's Divining Top goes in that category as well, but we're not playing it because um, I think it was in the stock list on edhrec.com. And uh, I had to really work to make this deck above the 50 test in the spice rating. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, something. Why Why are we playing Dark Stilling it? We are playing some Destroy Everything effects, and this lives. Fair. We're also playing Dreamstone Hedron. That taps for three and draws you three. Expedition Map is an artifact for one, two. You tap two, sack it, and you get any land into your hand. Urzatron. Or Utility Land of Choice. Hedron Archive. That taps for two and draws you two. Helm of Awakening makes your mana or your artifacts cost less. All spells for everybody cost less. Oh. Um, remember Joyra's Familiar? Yeah. This goes along with that. It just makes your 10 drops cost nine and then eight. I feel like I've definitely used this card when somebody else played it to beat them to death. You could take kind of a political stance on it and be like, hey, everybody loves me for playing this? It's like Ooh. one turn. Maybe that's all you need. I guess. Sometimes you just need one turn. Yeah. You know what you use that one turn for? Could it be memory jar? Oh, baby. <laughs> this is the king of hand sculpting. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, scroll rack, scroll rack. Yeah, no, 100% of the times I've ever cast memory jar, it has immediately won me the game. Give it a read. It is an artifact for five. You tap it, you sack it. Each player sets aside his hand face down, draws seven cards. At the end of turn, each player discards the cards in their hand and then puts their original hand back into their hand. Hand diddy, hand, hand, hand. So, you ramp, 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 ramp. Memory jars, last card in hand. You have zero in hand. Sack memory jar, draw seven. Dive back into the jank with meteorite. Oh, baby. It's an artifact for five. When it enters the battlefield, it deals two damage to target creatures, so it's a really small-ass meteorite, obviously. And you can tap it to add one mana of any color to your pool. Yeah, so it acts as a shock. Here's the thing. One mana of any color to your mana pool is worth three mana, a la any three-drop rock that taps for mana. There's sure. like 25 of them. Dark cool. Steel Ingot, we talked about it earlier. Yeah, two damage to target creature then is worth two mana. And it's on the same card, so you're only spending one card. You're probably going to get a creature with it. And the other thing is, we talked about playing Lightning Bolt like two weeks ago, right? Yeah. How many times do you lightning bolt a one toughness or two toughness creature? Meteorite is also going to get that card and leave you a, a mana rock left over. That's actually what bolt is for, is the one and two power guys, in case they pump them. Yeah. That's what it's for. So, Meteorite, it's doing double duty. And yeah. uh, put, it in your, put it in your red deck. Duty in Browntown. Yeah. All right, we've talked about this card forever, and I think in the last 
three decks? Yeah, we played this card lots. Mimic Vat is a three-mana artifact. Whenever a non-token creature eats shit, you can put it on Mimic Vat. Then you can tap three and the Mimic Vat to make a token of the creature that is imprinted on it. So it's a graveyard hate card. It's a get lots of ETB or ETB... It's exit the battlefield. Leave the battlefield. If you have something <laughs> that triggers when it dies or whatever, or you can just make the biggest. Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't trigger when it dies because it gets exiled. Unless you sack it with your claws of geeks. Ooh, yeah. Or yeah. utility land uh, Phyrexia's core does the same thing as claws of geeks. Sack an artifact, gain a life. Or if it's an artifact, you're called off a forge master. There's all kinds of ways you can. Yeah. You know, okay. See. Cool. Cool. And if the thing you're getting back is your your battle sphere. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Along with Mindstone, let's also talk about Pristine Talisman, Sol Ring, Thran Dynamo, Thought Vessel, and Worn Power Stone. And I'm going to say in there as well is a Voltaic Key. You can pay one and tap it to untap target artifact with all those mana rocks that give you mana. And Unstable Obelisk taps for three mana, gives you one mana mana rock, and oh. also destroys target permanent. Hey, yeah, there for you seven. Go. Yeah, it's. So there's lots of rocks, so we'll just lump all them together. And then we'll move on to Mirage Mirror. That could be another rock. Or it could be the best land in play. Or it could be the best creature in play. It costs three, and for two, it becomes a copy of target artifact, creature, enchantment, or land until end of turn. Yeah, okay, so you cast your Mirror Battlesphere, sacrifice your Claws of Gix, put it on Mimic Vat, Mimic Vat it back into play, then make your Mirage Mirror into somebody else's Gaia's Cradle. Then you've got, like, whatever. 20 mana. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Okay. Next up, we have Mirror Turbine. It's an artifact for five. You can tap it to get a mirror, a 1-1 one, one mirror, or you can tap it and tap five untapped mirror control to search your library for a mirror and put it into play. I'm playing that in there just for token generation so we can sack stuff to, to Kuldotha Forge Master or for blockers. That's fine. Dig it. How about Nev's Disc? It enters the battlefield tapped after you pay four. And then once it's untapped, you can pay one and sack it to destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. That destroys everything. That is super slick. That one, Oblivion Stone, which essentially destroys all permanents that don't have fate counters on them. It also puts fate counters on things. And all is dust. And all is dust are the ones that um, kind of act as the analog to the sweepers in black and white. So you could play those if you're not playing black and white. Talked about O-Stone. How about Quicksilver Amulet? It's an artifact for four. Four tap. You may put a creature card from your hand into play. That one is like your Copper Gnomes. It just cheats your big fat fatties into play. And you don't have to sack it. All right, we got a Rato Lantern. Yes. It costs two. And then for three, you put a card from a graveyard on the bottom of its owner's library. That one goes along with your Saldevi Digger. You can just... Pay any amount of mana, put something onto your library so you can Kaldotha Forge Master it again. And remember, we got lots of hand sculpting, drawing cards, um, so we can find it without tutors because we've got lots of shuffling, like with Rishidan Pawn Shop. Rishidan Pawn Shop, another super sweet masks card, costs two, and then for two, tap, shuffle target card in play into his owner's library. You have to control it, but whatever. Yeah, I... Uh... I super dig that. I would like that in red. If you have a bunch of threaten effects, you can threaten their dude, slap them with it, and then shuffle it into their library. Oh, I like that in Brian Stoutarm. 
I don't know what Scythe of the Wretched. It's an equipment for two. It equips for four. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. And whenever a creature dealt damage by equipped creature is put into a battlefield, return that card to play under your control and attach Scythe of the Wretched to it. Put into the graveyard from the battlefield. Yes. You bring it back. Essentially, that is an equipment that reanimates. Not playing black. Boom, now you got reanimator for somebody else's graveyard. I should have mentioned with that Rado Lantern or whatever it's called, somebody's going to reanimate something. You could just, if they forgot that you had Rado Lantern, you could just put it onto the bottom of their library and then the reanimate doesn't target it. <laughs> Jesse's playing his dirt bag. What's it, what dragon is that? Teneb. Teneb the Harvester. Ooh, I'll reanimate my big fat fatty. Nah, bottom. F you, Jesse. You'll reanimate nothing. Thank you for being three. Next up. Seer's Sundial. Costs four, has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay two. If you do, draw a card. Draw a card. That's what that says. Yes, it does. Pay two, draw a card, because you're going to be filtering your hand enough and drawing enough cards to see more land, so you can always trigger that with a landfall. You've talked about this card a lot. Spine of Ishsaw. All right, next up, we've got Stone Calendar. Costs five spells you cast. Cost up to one less to cast. That was originally from the Dark, by the way. Next up, we've got Tower of Calamities. Costs four, and then four, or not four, four, eight, tap. Tower of Calamities deals 12 damage to a creature. Not playing red? No, don't care. There's a Take bolt. Take 12. We talked about Unwinding Clock. It costs four, untap all artifacts you control during each other player's untapped step. We talked about Voltaic Key and Warren Power Stone. That is the end of the deck, unless you want to talk about some lands. I do want to talk about lands just because we have the opportunity to play a ton, and I think our first one is, as you said last week, criminally underplayed. Okay. It's Arch of Arazka. It has Ascend, so if you have 10 permanents, you Ascend and get the City's Blessing for the rest of the game. Totally non-interactive, that's why I like it so much. It also taps for colorless mana, or for 5, tap it, draw a card if you have the City's Blessing. 5, tap, draw a card. Not everybody draws a card. Not draw a card, then discard a card. No, just draw a card. And sure, it costs 6 to do that, like 5 and it, but... Remember, 19 sources of mana acceleration in addition to your land drops. Yeah. It's a good card. So I just want to scroll down and read the names of cards, of land cards, that we'll get back from our graveyard with Crucible or that are artifact lands. So we've got Blasted Landscape, we've got Buried Ruin, Crystal Vein, Darksteel Citadel, Foundry of the Consoles, Ghost Quarter, Scavenger Grounds, Strip Mine, Tech Edge. That's it. And then we've got like a Thespian stage and a couple other like draw a card, discard a card lands, which again, we're trying to get a little bit extra mileage out of our land because we don't have any really meaningful sources of card draw or tutor other than like those weird cards that all kind of have to work together, like the scroll rack and the credit voucher and the memory jar to to really do good work for yeah. us. The thing with artifact decks, and we'll talk about this in just a couple of minutes, probably a little bit more, is just like a machine, there are a whole lot of moving parts. So on their own, cards are good, but they're way better when they're combined with two, three, four, five, six other cards. The more you have, the more work all of your stuff is going to do. That sounds like uh, moving into our strengths and weaknesses. It does. Okay, first, strength. And this is a very CCO strength. Yeah. In that we try to stay away from a whole ton of tutors to give you a very unique gameplay experience every time. For any of the new members of CCO Nation, tutors can add an element of 
unfunness for your opponents because you're doing the same thing every time. It gives you too much redundancy. It's like playing a primal surge deck. No matter how janky the deck is, at the end of the day, it's always the same. Yeah. So if you're doing lots of tutors, that's lots of redundancy that finds your combo, you combo off and you win. This one, instead of building a super sli slick robot like RoboCop, you're just taking a bunch of random machines and welding them together and hope that they work. Yeah, so the note that I have to that effect is draws and filters and sculpts your hand without tutoring. It's still going to draw cards because you've got cards that do that and utility lands that do that. We're not tutoring other than the Kaldatha Forge Master, right? There's no inherent way to find him other than your memory jar, your scroll rack, your utility lands that draw you cards. You can't find... Called out the Forge Master, unless you do it the old-fashioned way. Which is draw him. Yeah. No infinites as set out at the start of the arc. Yeah, we don't use infinite combos to fix problems because infinite combos in themselves, a lot of people would say, are a problem. Oh, wow. Well said. Okay. I don't think they are because I'm a combo player at heart, but... You could just throw a bunch of money at a deck and add a whole bunch of combos to it because combo cards are typically worth some money, yeah. a la Lion's Eye Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we don't want to do that either. Backup plan of beating wholesale ass with your commander. That's excellent. That's always that's always good when you can just do that, right? And Voltron, typically, you want your guy to be... I mean, obviously, you want him to be 21-21, but the next best thing to that is it's probably a 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah, because it's... It's unassuming enough. The next best thing, really, technically, is 11-11 because it's a two-hit kill. But 11-11s are pretty scary and tend to get removed very quickly. Yeah. Especially when they're your commander. Yeah, your dude can just kind of slip under the radar because it's a 7-7. Seven, seven, you know what I mean? Like, they'll block him with a 3-3, three, three, take 4. They don't even realize that they're dead until you laugh at them. And he stays tapped. So you can play that off a little bit and be like, yeah, no, he stays tapped. And you just hit them for seven. They didn't block. So they can dink you back for three or four or five or whatever. Then you hit them for seven again. Shimmer your soul ring into play. Untap him. Eat your guy. Yeah, you've got one hit left, and uh, one attack left on that player and they're dead. So you could get some commander damage in with this. You hit on my last strength, actually. Shenanigans with flash blockers. <laughs> now, not only with Shimmermere, but with your Quicksilver Amulet and your Copper Gnomes. Yeah. You could just, boop, flash block in. Or with your Shimmermere, you can flash in your Soul Ring, which can't block, but can untap Traxos. Oh, no, I only have this mirror token. Please don't attack me. Uh-oh, it's a Colossus of Akros. <laughs> <laughs> Colossus of Akros and double block with Traxos. <laughs> yeah, so good. Now, elephant in the room. The weaknesses. Oh. We're playing only artifacts. Yes. And Ooh. tell me, Montel, what color can destroy artifacts efficiently? Um, well, do you want the best color, the second best color, the third best color, or the color that bounces them? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> The moral of the story is every color, minus, well, even black. Black has sweepers. Big Daddy Black's going to cast a meteor golem and wreck your day. Yeah. Like, He's gonna. Every color has ways to deal with this whole deck right now. And every player owns those. Like, nice Vandal Blast. I guess I'll, I'll just weep. Yeah. I will weep. What's my line? You cast Vandal Blast, uh, what's my line? Guess I'll just die. I guess I'll just die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because that's what you're going to get. You're going to get Shatterstormed. You're going to get Vandal Blasted. You're going to get Hercules Recalled, even. <laughs> like, 
Like you're just gonna <laughs> rebuild. They're like uh, they. Uh, they cast a mass bounce spell, and then they have another one in their hand in rebuild, and then they just cycle rebuild, so they can't because they don't need to bounce your shit anymore. And then you you just like are royally getting bent over the table because they cycled their rebuild, and you're like, oh god, that is just the worst because you're drawing a card because you already made me bounce all my shit. Or somebody, god, damn it. Or somebody just plays a null rod, or a kill switch. Oh, <laughs> and you're just you're dead now. You're done now. Game's over. It's, thanks for coming out. So that's the that's the downtown that's 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 the downtown of Browntown. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the downtown of PA where that, it's all. That's like the scuzzy part of downtown where people are like shooting up their arm while they're breastfeeding a baby. <laughs> that is just the worst. Yes. I'm not even shitting you. I've seen that happen in Vancouver. None of that not, surprises me. Not throwing any shade at Vancouver people, but you, every big city's got that area and you yeah. know what i'm talking about everybody knows that yeah. vandal blast is that area of brown town yes <laughs> anyways final weakness no expensive rocks the really really efficient ones to get you that high speed start like the artifact deck decks usually have right the difference between the turn two traxos and the turn one untapped traxos yeah like no mana crypt no mana vault no metal worker Right, and that's what these decks really love, and that's why a lot of the times they feel so dirtily because they go like land, soul ring, mana crypt, metal worker, lightning greaves, reveal the rest of my hand, tap metal worker for nine, play ten more things, unwinding clock, untap everything, Kozilek, draw four cards, do it again, attack you for ten, turn one. Seen it happen. Yeah. These decks are dirtily, and they do that every turn. This one doesn't do that. So, I mean, sure, it's unique, but it's not as high-powered. Which is okay. I think that's fine, because get this. You know what this deck doesn't cost? $1,000. Yeah. It costs 245 Which is pretty good for a commander deck if you're buying it all at the store. And we looked at the top two expensive cards. If you cut them, this deck is less than $200. This is like, this is like a Commander's Brew deck. Shout out to Commander's Brew. Yeah. So we've got a memory jar and a scroll rack. Do you need them? N not in the deck, maybe. Like, they're cool, and you should own them. If you see one of these around and you can trade them, or if, like, your little brother has one... Beat them up and take it. Yeah, just just have these. Or those dirty boot room damaged ones. Get those, too. Just, if you have a card that says scroll rack on it and you could legally play it, just play it. It's a cool card. Yeah, I think in this deck they're great because there's no tutors, but in... Every other color, what do they do? They draw you cards. They let you see more cards. They let you dig, right? Combo, dig. Control, need a counter, dig. Need a removal spell, dig. Gonna die, dig. Yeah. They're just good. It's playing Storm, ran out of cards, draw seven with your memory jar, dig. Mm. It's just, they're just good. Dig it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Do we go to the milk list? No, we go to card of the week. Is this the final giveaway card? Or do we have one planned for next week? We have one more for next week. Wow. But uh, we're getting there. What do we got this week? What do you think? This week we're going good card, but also on theme for the episode that we just talked about. We talked about how artifacts can do everything, can... Not fix everything, but they're kind of your landfill if you need to really fill in a hole. And so we're going to take the card that most exemplifies that from the deck in Mirage Mirror. Ooh, good card. 
Mirage Mirror, as we said, is an artifact for three. You tap two. It becomes a copy of target artifact, creature, enchantment, or land until end of turn. There's shenaniganery you can do with this, right? Like you pay two to turn it into something. With that on the stack, you pay two to turn it into something else. You resolve the first one. You resolve the one on top of the stack and get whatever effect and then turn it into the next one and then get that next effect, right? You, Correct. You turn it into like a Gaius Cradle and get a bunch of mana and then you... Turn it into a... Let's just say a Steel Hellkite and use that mana to bash wholesale ass if in, you want. You know what? In this deck, you could turn it into whatever, an artifact to get some benefit, then a Gaius Cradle and then tap it for mana and then back into an artifact to untap it with your unwinding clock to turn it back into a Gaia's Cradle again. Yeah. Yeah, this card is cool. There's lots of shenanigans with memory or uh, Mirage Mirror. It's one of those cards that I think when people saw it, they flipped out thinking, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. And it kind of is. It yeah, it turned out it was yeah. like lived up to the hype. It's the coolest thing at the table all the time for two mana, and that's fun. And it, and it looks cool in foil. I've seen them in foil. They're really nice. Sweet. So I guess... So Mirage Mirror goes on the pile with your Cather's Crusade, your Cyclonic Rift, your Necropotence, your Lightning Bolt, your Crozen Grip. So that's six super sweet foil cards of the week that could be yours if you go to our YouTube page and interact with us in some way, especially if you smash that like button. Yeah. Well, really, it's a subscribe or a comment. And a smash. And a smash. <laughs> Milk List? Everybody loves the milk list. Okay, so the milk list, as per edhrec.com, is a list of cards from zero to whatever converted mana cost that are the most popular cards in the color pairing that we're talking about. Today, no color, or as the kids say, brown. Yes. So, at the zero drop slot, most popular card, Everflowing Chalice. Of course it's Everflowing Chalice, and we're never playing over... Overflow. I was going to say overgrown chalice. We're never going to play overflowing chalice. Ever. Everflowing chalice. Over. <laughs> yes. Also that. Never going to happen. I actually play that card in a deck. Stop it. I actually just took the deck apart, though. Stop oh, it. You'd probably play a Talkthon Worm, too, don't you? I'm going to just troll you one day. And you. Dink Moth Infusion. Jesus. Get this. Get the second most played zero drop in Mono Brown. Sure. Endless one. <laughs> yeah, hey, weird. It's an X. Yeah. X it, yeah, it's my nickname for my wiener. Endless one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not what I call mine. <laughs> okay. Bottle gnome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the one drop slot, it's always Soul Ring, except for Mono Green, apparently, from last week. So we're going to do the second most popular one. Okay. The third most popular one, because it turns out that we're actually playing all of them. Soul Ring is one. Voltaic Key is two. Expedition Map is three. Ooh, and yeah. there's only three one-drops in the deck. Yo, dang! We're <laughs> playing all of them. Well, I guess they're, they're good, right? That's why people play them, right? Okay, moving down the rest of the list. Top cards at the two-drop slot. Mindstone. Yep. Yep. Three-drop. Worn Power Stone. Yep. Dang it. This is the problem with Mono Brown, right, is there's only so much to go around that's any good. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find a, a Corn Kernel in here somewhere. Let's keep going. Okay, I got this one. At four, Hedron Archive. Yeah, we're playing that one, too. Damn it. Five, Kozilek's Channeler. No. Not an artifact. There we go. And we're not playing it. Good mana dork. Yeah. It's a big body and it taps for two. Nice. But I'm not playing it. Yep. Dreamstone Hedron at six. Yep. All is dust. Yep. Ugin the Spirit Dragon. No. No, but we could be if we hated money. 
Artisan Accords like a ninth. Yep. New Lamog at ten. Nope. Old Lamog at eleven. Nope. It the betrays. Nope. Emmercool. Nope. The other Emmercool. Nope. Holy jeez, that's seven milkless matches. I honestly thought you were gonna say Draco. I really <laughs> did. <laughs> we could cast Draco in this deck. We make enough mana. And how funny would that be? That would be super funny. That'd be super <laughs> sick, hey? Just zero color Draco. <laughs> that's the milkless. Seven matches, not the spiciest, but that's kind of what you run into if you want to play at least some good cards. Yeah, artifacts kind of run into, I don't know if it's the Zata effect, but there's only, there's it does everything, and there's lots of redundancy for doing that everything, but once you run into that redundancy, there's always the best way to do something. Yeah, it's like the Zata effect, but it is really, it's its own thing. It's the artifact effect, because you just want to play the best. Like, why would I play whatever it's like manolith or whatever right gives you mana of any color taps for three but that's it why do you play ergolem's eye it taps for two and costs four when you can play sol ring yeah right there's no reason for that it doesn't make any sense even budget restraints don't make sense yeah just pay the two bucks for a sol ring okay spice calculator final portion of the show only 77 traxos lists on ediatric.com he is the second or the Second from the bottom of the legal no-color commanders. Yeah, and he's the seventh from the top because there's not that much. Like, seventh or second from the bottom made him sound really underplayed. Yeah, there's, there's only, like, eight total. Yeah, there's there's nine if you count uh, Emrakul 1, which is banned, so you don't. Average converted mana cost of the deck, 3.75. Pretty high, but we're casual EDH lives, and also we make lots of mana. Do so. we make ton- 19 rocks and dorks, so we'll get there. Ooh, thanks. Thanks for the stat. That's yeah. Brando's first ever stat. I think it is. Excellent. Okay. Critical turn. Ooh, a uh, turn that you can get Kaldotha Forge Master package online. So like 19? Uh, six. He's like five drop, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> and f- what do you think? Four or five player game? Yeah, the, casual we, game, right? We talked about it in the we talked about it in the weaknesses section. You're gonna get Shatterstormed. You're gonna get Crozen. It's only gonna take one of those late game to just ruin you. The only thing you got going in your favor there is your commander costs four. Yeah, and even then, most of your mana is probably dead too. Yeah, dang. So the less red, green, white, or blue players, the better. <laughs> uh, that's pretty tall order, but you can get it done. Now, uniqueness rating. Cards different than the average deck for Traxos on EDHRack.com. This was the hard part. Yeah. After cutting all the tutors, because artifacts, turns out they have lots of tutors. Lots of them. So I cut a bunch of them, just kept Kaldotha Forge Master. 29 cards different. Nice. That just squeaked us past the 50 test. At 51.01. Oh, we made it. We made it. We did it. That's awesome. Whew. What a what an adventure. This deck, you know what? I love artifact decks because I like combo decks. I don't like dirtly decks, but I like combo decks. And uh, you know what? This this might this might fulfill my desire because you know it's got some cool interactions with card digging and searching and it's it's fun. It's got lots of neat stuff going for it, I think. I think so. That that sort of sounds like a final thought of the day. Do you want to take us out? Sure. So before I go to the final thought of the day, we have our giveaways. So do not forget to go to our YouTube page. You can check us out on YouTube at Commander Cookout. Just like, share, subscribe, interact. You'll be entered to win our Card of the Week giveaway. 
supplementary giveaways. And remember, until the end of December, if you are in a position to go to our Patreon page and support us in some way to help us keep providing the high-quality content that we do, we would appreciate that, and you will get a free Christmas altar from my boy Ryan. As far as this deck goes, it's not really my style, because I don't have the working bits in my brain to assemble a machine like this to make it actually run, and I would just have a bunch of crap on the table and I'd just be kind of turning it sideways. So it's not... That's what dirtily artifact players do anyways. Uh... But if you do it with this one, it's like, what the hell are you doing, Brando? (laughs) Yeah, you actually aren't doing anything. Yeah, you're not (laughs) winning, Brando. You're just activating those artifacts for the sake of... And I just... I'd get confused. But if this is the kind of thing that you're into, and I know lots of people are, this is a really cool deck, and it takes you away from the, oh, 25 mana, turn one, Kozilek, annihilate your board, I win on turn one. Because nobody likes that, except for the guy that does it. And I think secretly the guy doing it doesn't like it either. He just has to do it to justify the fact that he spent $9,000 on that deck. What you said. So if you dig it, go to tapdout.net, CCO Podcast, check it out, let us know what you thought, and we're going to be back with the final episode in the arc of the Mono Problematic, where we're going to take all the stuff that we've been preaching about for the last five weeks, and we're going to apply it in real life to a real-life deck that I hate and Ryan loves on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!